Hello and welcome back to Memoirs. I'm Jenny. And I'm Yeji. And today we are going to be kicking off part two of our Asian American series. Mm-hmm. But before we get there, um, let's kick off with our mem moments. Do you want to go first? Sure. Um, okay, so my mem moment, uh, this might be a little bit TMI. So if you get, <laughs> if you get squeamish about, you know, uh, the monthly blood moon that uh, someone experienced, like now would probably be a good time to mute. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I'll give you a second. Okay, so uh, in January this year, I decided to get an IUD because I had heard you know, like that as scary as it is, once you get the IUD, you typically don't get your period for like eight years or something like what? that. What? Right? Yeah. No. I was like, okay, all right. Like that seems like a good trade-off. Um, you know, you like experience one moment of excruciating excruciating pain. Uh-huh. Um, you also have like eight years of not having to deal with, um, you know, Shark Week every month. And <laughs> so I was, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. Uh-huh. I an appointment with my doctor and I was like feeling really nervous about it so I asked my doctor to like prescribe me some medication and she prescribed me a muscle relaxant and then I also took like a crap ton of painkillers beforehand Mm. Uh, and so I'm lying there uh, Mm -hmm. with all my bits like hanging out (laughs) feeling very vulnerable and the doctor was like shoving you know all sorts of uh, heavy duty equipment in my uh, hoo-ha and (laughs) Like can, I, I just need to like vent a little bit because the medication it didn't do shit. Oh do no! Shit. I felt every pinch and stab as you know. Bless my daughter. Uh-huh. Like she really did try her best um, yeah. to insert that IUD as smoothly as possible. But yeah, if you were watching me from afar, like you would think that I'm going through some type of exorcism. Oh my gosh! My body was like contorted, and I'm like clenching my teeth and clenching my cheeks and oh my goodness yeah. and I'm like sweating and like tears are rolling down my eyes and <gasps> of course like she's you know she's doing this and she's like oh we're having some trouble here like oh my god we got it in your cervix but yeah I'm having a hard time getting it all the way in I'm just like excuse me oh my god <laughs> but like you know people pleaser in me I'm like oh yeah don't worry about it take <laughs> as much time as you need <laughs> Even oh, though I'm slowly dying inside. And yeah. So after about 20 minutes, she finally gets it in and I go home and like I pass out. Uh-huh. But, um, okay. Fast forward to now. It's been about a month since uh-huh. I got my IUD. And one thing they don't really tell you is that you have to like pay the IUD tax first, which it doesn't, you know, that doesn't include the traumatic event that, like, you know, you go through when you're getting inserted. You also now have to bleed every day and experience, like, the worst cramps for roughly three to six months. Wait, um, what? Yeah. So, I've, I'm, like, one month in, and I have been bleeding every day and cramping every day, and I am so close to giving up and getting it removed <laughs> just because it's been so maddening. Wait, nonstop every day nonstop. for three to six months. Yes. Like that's like typical. How um, heavy is the flow if you don't mind me asking? It's actually pretty heavy. What? Like It's like a full-blown period. How could me. they not mention that? Right? That I, is I crazy. Think there are some people who don't experience it and they just like go straight into living a blissful life of yeah. not ever having to deal with their period again. But yeah, I am not one of the chosen ones. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. So that's my meh moment of the week slash month. It's been a crime scene situation in my pants. Oh my gosh. That's a serious, that's a serious meh. It's a serious meh. Yeah. Wow. That's intense. But then, so supposedly you won't have it for eight years supposedly oh my god it's also why can't they they can't put you fully under when you get the procedure I, you know that's the thing with like healthcare for women it's so mm-hmm. terrible they're just like yeah. oh yeah it's just a pinch you won't feel a thing yeah, yeah no. oh my gosh wow wow i'm sorry yeah um but yeah if i were to do it again i would definitely be wanting to like i don't know some type of local anesthetic even I think yeah help, but yeah that was it was rough <laughs> just knock you out yeah exactly just yeah I just want to not have to experience that that was Jeez. traumatizing wow <laughs> um okay well, what was uh, your mem moment of the week 
Well, mine's a slightly more minor than that, <laughs> but um, uh, it's actually kind of funny. Well, it's not funny, but uh, so my dog, we have a dog. His name is Porto. Oh, sweet Porto. Mm, is he sweet? I don't know if he's sweet, <laughs> but um, he's wild still. He's almost two, um, but we actually don't let him come up to – so we live in a three-story townhouse, mm-hmm. and let him come up to the third floor. <laughs> Um, we just keep them on basically the first and second, mostly the second. Cause that's where we are most of the day. Um, and he, he likes to sleep in his crate, which we put on the second floor, mm-hmm. but we block off the stairs. Cause sometimes he'll like run up when he's not supposed to. And for whatever reason, I actually forgot to close the gate. And so while we were feeding Pop's breakfast or something, I think, yeah, we were feeding her breakfast, he runs upstairs, but he does it, like, quietly so no one knows. And mm-hmm. we're busy, like, doing, doing like, breakfast duties and stuff. He's so, so sneaky. He, he's so sneaky. And he's, he's, like, he knows how to walk with, like, dainty feet. So he walks. He goes up the stairs. No one knows. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden we hear, like, tip, tap, tip, tap, tip, tap. And I was like, oh, my gosh, Porto made it upstairs. And so Robin runs up, but it was too late. He peed <gasps> all over our carpet, our rug, oh, and our no. floors. Oh, but no. But the worst part, he peed on a freshly washed load of laundry. Oh. <laughs> Is that, it's just rude. Porno. <laughs> Is that not just rude? It was just washed. We put it in the basket. We put it on the floor. And then Robin comes down. He's like, Yep, he peed all over it. Oh my god! You know, I wonder if it's like just that warm feeling. It oh, like triggers something for him. He's like, "Oh, this is warm. This is. I know what else is warm." Oh my gosh! And he never has. The thing is, he's potty trained, so mm-hmm. it's like weird. He never has accidents. But the fact that he tiptoed, yeah, with his dainty feet up here and then peed on our lawn, I was like, that is. Anyway, that, was that was very calculated of, on his very part. right. I yeah. think it was revenge. I don't know for what, but something. A revenge pee. Revenge pee. So we had to do our load again. But oh, anyway, no. that was my meh moment. Mm, that is very meh. Yeah. Um, but anywho, okay. on to the fun part. Yes. Now let's get into the meat of it. Um mm-hmm. So just to kind of recap, last week we kicked off the Asian American series and we talked about our upbringing and assimilating to American culture as some of, as well as some of the challenges we've experienced adjusting to our environments growing up. And then this week we'll be talking about what it's like being Asian American in the workplace as well as diving into Asian stereotypes. Mm, my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Jenny, you're um, currently not working right now. You are um, a stay-at-home mom, which mm-hmm. is a full-time job in itself. But mm-hmm. when you were working um, in, you know, corporations um, and that type of environment, mm-hmm. what was that like for you as an Asian American? Did you ever feel like you kind of considered yourself as like a minority, and what was mm-hmm. that experience like? So I am fortunate to say that both places – so I worked in for a very large multimedia company, and then I worked in uh, an educate higher ed setting, and both settings were actually very diverse, I feel. Mm-hmm. Although, let me break that down. So in my most recent role – I did. I didn't feel super out of place. My team was very diverse. There were actually a few other Asians on the team, and then my manager was Asian herself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say, like in terms of people who are in, at the C-suite level, still pretty white. Oh yes. Um, yeah, it tends to be. I want to say like white males. Um, but then, like VP, VP level, director level, actually had a. Uh, fair number of diverse people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I appreciated that because I felt like, okay, this is good. Our leaders are actually reflecting um, the workforce. Mm-hmm. So I never really felt too out of place. And also the place that I worked at was very like very big on EDI initiatives. And mm. I mean, even the content that they made was very diverse. And so I felt like, I felt like it was a good thing. Wait, so you Have guys a- call it EDI? Uh, we, I've had EDI and DEI. Oh, but it's the same acronym pretty much, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. 
Wait, what about wait? What do you guys call it? Oh, IDE. Yeah, yeah. We call it DEI. Okay. <laughs> I mean, honestly, DIE. Just, anything. You, oh, <laughs> that's a different one. Yeah. Um, how about you? What's your experience like? Um. Yeah. My mine. I would say, for the most part, actually, no, a little different. I think mm-hmm. because of the different uh, work environments, we kind of dabble in. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, <laughs> I work primarily like in the tech sphere. Oh and, yeah, you know, being in tech inherently like it's gonna be predominantly white, and also predominantly um, a lot of men too. Yes, um, yes. So there's a little bit of like that, you know, intersectionality happening uh-huh. with being an Asian American, but also yeah. being an Asian American woman. Yeah. Um, so I. I always kind of did feel a little bit like an outsider um, in some sense because same in like the tech space, all of like the C-suite level uh, mm-hmm. people are predominantly white mm-hmm. male. And then you have like the directors and VPs, which are for the most part also predominantly oh, white. And yeah. with a little bit more mixture in terms of like uh, gender diversity. Yeah. And then once you get to like the IC level, um, there's a little bit more diversity there. But I would say even just looking at my team, um, actually, no, I would say my team is actually fairly diverse. um, But I would still say about half of the team is white. Oh, wow. Yeah. I see. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's been at that's sort of been across the board at all your previous workplaces. Yeah, I would say so. Mm. For being like at a Seattle tech. uh, Yeah. Did you ever have a manager that was diverse or Asian um, or female or both? Yes, I've actually had a lot of like um, women as uh, my manager. Mm-hmm. And um, so like even though there's the commonality of us like being women, um, mm-hmm. there wasn't I feel like there wasn't really a difference in terms of more opportunities being made available oh in climbing like the corporate ladder yeah yeah oh that's really unfortunate and it's kind of surprising kind of surprising but then also not and like I can I have like a story of it that I'll kind of go into in a little bit Uh um but yeah like for you do you does it does it ever did it ever bother you Mm -hmm. like feeling like it wasn't as diverse as it could be Hmm. Um, well, before I had my most recent manager who was Asian and female, I pretty much only had white male managers, mm-hmm. which uh, I had mostly white male managers. And then I had one white female manager. And I, yeah, I mean, with the white male managers definitely felt like we were not relating or seeing eye to eye on a lot Mm -hmm. of things. And I just felt like we were coming from two different places a lot of the time. So I, I kind of just did my thing, did what I had to do, but never really developed any type of mentorship or mentor mentee kind of relationship. Mm -hmm. Cause I, I just felt like we were coming from such different worlds. Um, but on the teams that I've worked with, I do feel like I'm thankful that I have been able to work with pretty diverse people. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very intentional by the company or the place that I was working at to hire people that were diverse. Like mm-hmm. I do feel like there was always an effort, especially recently looking to hire through like DEI lens and make sure that we're not just hiring people that are the same and people that look the same or bring the same experiences or mm-hmm. opinions. So I don't feel like I missed out on that. Um, I'm sure that is not the case for a lot of places. And I, I'm sure we still need to like make a lot of strides. I think it's really different though. You coming from the tech space because it's so heavily male dominated, Mm -hmm. but also have, I I would think a little more, a little more white Mm -hmm. in the leadership, but I don't know. You correct me. I'm not too sure. No, that I, I would say that's pretty accurate. And now I'm okay. like really curious what the demographic space kind of looks like for yeah. all the different industries, like even like mm-hmm. into like health industries and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. 
It is. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of a lot of steps we still need to take. Um, one thing that kind of pops into my mind when I feel when I think about like, okay, how did I feel being Asian in a workplace that even if my team were, was diverse, but overall the workplace is generally pretty um, white or not quite diverse. Mm-hmm. I think one thing, and I don't know if you asked this yourself, but it, let's say something happens to me, right? And it's not necessarily a super negative experience, but just maybe something happens that is a little weird or like gives you some pause. I feel like in the back of my head, I'm always thinking, oh, did that happen to me because I'm Asian? Oh. Do you ever think that? Oh, I I have in the past. Okay. Not so much anymore. I think because there's been such a bigger emphasis on having like mm-hmm. DI initiatives out yeah. there, so that kind of forces people to be a little bit more aware. <laughs> yeah. Of yeah. How they're like what they might be saying might yeah. be being perceived by the mm-hmm. end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, tell me about yeah those situations where you did feel like you were kind of questioning the intent. Yeah, I mean. So, okay, something that is probably not because I'm Asian, but because I'm Asian, I'm, I think in the back of my head, I always have to think like, well, would you do this to another person if say they were white? Mm-hmm. But for example, at one of my jobs, um, this guy would not stop calling me Jeannie. Oh, no. Even after, okay, I get it. The spelling of my name is a little different i mean it's not super it's not like that unique it's just a little different it, i can see how it looks like genie but this person um he we would have meetings together and both in person on zoom all, all this and he would just keep saying genie like oh genie this i mean he wasn't mean about it but yeah. it was just so annoying and yeah. i had corrected him and my manager had corrected him. And oh. mind you, my manager was a higher level than he was. Right. And like there were several people that had pointed out to him mm-hmm. and said like every time Jenny, oh, it's not Jeannie. And he just kept doing it. And mm-hmm. I was like, at some point I'm like, are you doing this because I'm Asian? Yeah, <laughs> or like, I- why would you keep doing that after you've been corrected like a million times? And what's bizarre about that is that mm-hmm. Jenny is a very common like, no. like name in America. And just, you know, yeah, it's, it's just the spelling that's a little different. Yeah. Maybe so doesn't know how to read. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It was really annoying. And I, I know, obviously, at the end of the day, most likely probably not because I'm Asian, but it's just one of those things where it's like, well, would you do this to someone else? Like right. if, you know, cause at some point some people find it offensive. I mean, I think mm. I was starting to get offended at, at a certain point. I'm like, dude, it's not that hard. We're not yeah. talking chemistry over here. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but that's just like one kind of silly example. Mm. But no, yeah, I can see how upsetting that is. I mean, I've experienced that myself. Yeah. So many times with my name being Yeji and the way that it's spelt. Yeah. Um, there was uh, a time where somebody had emailed me and to my work email. And instead of saying, hey, Yeji, like blah, 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 with mm-hmm. letter, it was, hey, Kim, <laughs> can I get <sighs> you help on this? I'm like, really? Yeah. My name is right there. Yeah. Like you can't take a moment just to figure out like, oh, what is her first name? You know? Yeah. It's yeah. Not, um, the petty side of me responded back and I was like, hey, Smith, like, <laughs> sure, I can help out with this. <laughs> That's a great response. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's super annoying also because it's like your name and it's like right. you come on, you can take the extra two seconds to figure it out. It's yep. not rocket science it's mm-hmm. not that difficult if you're really unsure about it maybe you can ask a clarifying question I don't yeah. know it's not it's again it's not rocket science yeah I think the pronunciation part doesn't bother me so much mm-hmm. it's more the the spelling because it's like oh yeah it's, yeah, yeah my name is literally right there right there yeah <laughs> just take um, seconds I know <sighs> I've been there mm-hmm. but okay but going back to talking about being a minority in the workplace and not really seeing Asians in the leadership roles. Mm. Um, I also want to say like, I think part of that is 
for a long time, I think a little bit in our generation, but definitely in the previous generation, I think we have just been like the worker bees. We like come to work, we do what we're told, we kind of put our heads down and just like grind away, never complain. Oh my gosh, never complain. Don't make waves. Oh, do you need more work to do? Yes, sure, I'll take it on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, don't make waves. We're not confrontational. Um, I feel like it's just kind of built into our system and we've Mm -hmm. just always done what we're told. And the unfortunate part of that is as a result of like how people pleasing and how easygoing we are, we're sort of like kept in in these positions and not able to climb the leadership ladder. Oh yeah. Um, So that I think really sucks. And maybe that's why we don't see as many people of color in leadership roles that we would like to. Mm -hmm. But when I, so then when I recently, most recently had a manager who was Asian and who was female, I mean, it was like sort of just a world of, difference to me. So I felt like she could empathize. I felt like she, you know, she was in a director role. So she had like given her, she's done her due diligence to climb into her position and she kind of knows what it feels like to get there. Mm -hmm. And I I still believe, I think in many ways, it's harder for us to get into those roles. And absolutely. Yeah. I think the ties are maybe changing a little bit. We're starting to become more vocal and we're, you know, at those performance evals twice a year you know we I think we started to speak up and like advocate for ourselves but I think it took us a really long time to get there oh yeah I mean I feel like I still have trouble with it yeah um me too because it's weird to talk about yourself in a positive way <laughs> right like you're always told to be humble yeah. modest you know like yeah. don't brag about your achievement yeah <laughs> yeah that's definitely yeah. something I've had to come over uh hurdle wise but mm-hmm. I do think that there is this like kind of problematic narrative that Asian Americans are seen like as having it easy when it comes to finding a job Uh, Mm -hmm. like oh we're like really desirable right because we are seen as like the worker bees yeah but what people don't really talk about is you know what you mentioned how being Asian in a predominantly white space like you have to work twice or sometimes like three times as hard as Mm -hmm. white counterparts just to achieve the same status as them Mm-hmm. And majority of the time, like you won't get anywhere near the type of treatment and opportunities that they receive. And yeah. that was a really big reality check for me. Like the, mm-hmm. the bamboo ceiling thing, that's real. Because, um, yeah, like, and I had to learn this a hard way. I, I think it was maybe five years ago. Uh-huh. I worked my ass off at one point. Like I was, um, oh, man, I was taking the initiative I was being super proactive on like yeah. a bunch of different projects and you know like f- figuring out ways to like improve processes and like yeah. get them like formalized and established for the team like nobody was asking me to do this stuff this was, yeah. it was I was just like creating on my own time yeah and I just like felt this like fire and this like drive you know and motivation to like really make a difference and impact and climb that corporate ladder and like at the height of this drive we like had a new manager come in mm. and um, she held like a team meeting and, you know, she wanted to talk about like roles and responsibilities on the team. And, and at one point in the meeting, she said something like, you know, I know there are a lot of people here who are very excited to be a part of everything, but I think, you know, you have to know that you can't be involved in all of these projects. And then she kind of looked directly at me when she said this and it was like one of those like really concentrated looks, you know, mm-hmm. like, like she was like giving me like the the hint. Yeah. And, um, and so what? like when that happened, I was like, OK, is she talking about me? Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure she was because after that meeting, she ended up giving the the guy on her team mm-hmm. all of the opportunities and the ones that I was like trying so hard to chase after. Yeah, he was the one that was given like this red carpeted escalator to climb up, you know, to his career. And I was given this like rope, this like tattered rope that was attached to nothing. Yeah. Or at least that's how it felt. Yeah. And um, that was like a big turning point for me. I was like, wow. So no matter how much effort, how much Mm -hmm. work I put into this job and to try to be seen, like it's it's going to be for nothing. Yeah. 
and maybe I'm just jaded and it was just like this one experience yeah (laughs) and maybe you know there really are good managers out there that know how to like foster people who do have drive and do have like the motivation um to you know ascend in their career but that was a big turning point and it did make me want to start looking into a new career which is like why I'm now in UX <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I was like okay, I'm, I'm kind of done with um, yeah. the graphic design space and I'm yeah. moving over man that's really that's really hard to like swallow yeah and that sucks right like did you feel like you were in a position where you like hit the bamboo ceiling in some ways I don't feel like I hit the bamboo ceiling, but I felt like I hit the mother ceiling, but that's a total Oh, different. the mother ceiling. Yes, that is. A, yeah. That's also a really big one, especially, yeah, that being a woman, being mm-hmm. a American, and then also being a mom. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a whole that's separate. whole so layered. It really is. I do feel like I, well, I don't know. I mean, I may have hit the bamboo ceiling if I continued on. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Um, but I definitely on a, like a different note, yes, I felt like being a mom and like that whole situation, who knows, we can talk about that in a different pod. But, mm-hmm. um, one thing though, that's so important that I've realized is ugh, like no matter, and just hearing your story too, like no matter, I feel like how hard you try sometimes or how, like, like you said, taking initiative, being proactive, like volunteering for things, taking ownership of all this stuff. Sometimes I feel like that at the end doesn't even help if there's not someone who is advocating for you. Right. Yeah. yeah. And and to find that person to advocate for you is really difficult. It's and so it, rare. It's so rare. And especially if they're not like I mean, I'm not saying they always need to be female because we're female or they always need to be Asian, Mm -hmm. but it definitely helps when someone knows what you're going through to be able to advocate for you. Right. Because they know the struggle. Exactly. And it's so hard to find. There's not, I feel like, you know, in all my workplaces, you really have to, and I've heard this from a lot of people too, where you, you really have to like seek a mentor out. And sometimes Mm -hmm. you, you just like don't, and you kind of have to like, like you said, you get your tattered rope and you just try the best that you can, but sometimes you don't get anywhere. And that's so, uh, it's so crappy. Or or sometimes they just like dangle the carrot in front of you forever. (sighs) Ah, yeah, that's the other one too. (laughs) Um, There's so many ways. (laughs) I know. But speaking of that, I guess we can kind of transition into Two parts, and you, you can answer whichever. Have you ever felt othered in the workplace, or even worse, have you experienced any type of racism in the workplace? Yeah, um, and the, I'll say this is also just kind of a little bit more earlier on in my career, rather than uh, so much more recently. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I first started my job um, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we had this like Slack channel, which is like Microsoft Teams, um, if people don't use Slack, uh, for the entire company. Mm-hmm. And someone randomly posted in there, this is for the entire company to see, does anybody have recommendations on a good Korean barbecue place in Seattle? And okay. someone tagged me on that post and was like, oh, Yeji probably knows. <laughs> okay. And I wanted to be like... Excuse me, I don't even eat meat. Like, why would yeah. I know where the best Korean barbecue place is? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, so it's like these very subtle, like, moments where you feel othered in a way. Yeah. Um, there was also yeah. actually another time mm-hmm. when we were interviewing to hire another designer on the team and the hiring manager was like, Oh my God, Yeji, we have the most perfect candidate. And I think you're going to love her. I was like, great. What are some of like, you know, the things that I heard about her? Yeah. She was like, Oh, she's a really good designer and she's Korean. Okay. And I was like waiting for her to say more about that. That was it. it. She just ended it. I was like, Oh, okay. Oh, wow. It's like, again, really small little micro interactions like this then maybe yeah. like a minority um, yeah. and like granted these interactions are not that bad when you look at the grand scheme of things 
Yeah. But if you experience like hundreds of these tiny paper cuts over time, yeah, it's impossible to ignore them and yeah, like, you know, things that like just like act like they don't bother you. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. So what about for you though? What? What? Have you yeah. Yeah. Mine are actually kind of similar where it's nothing like overt, but it's like the little, as you call them, micro interactions. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't tell you how many times they've been mixed up with another Asian. And oh then, my God. Yeah. Yeah. That's annoying. It's like, okay, can you, yeah. So like that again, it's not like that offensive, but it's also like, okay, come on. Yeah. Um, but what's, what's interesting also is in my, when I was working, so I would, part of my role was I would be investigating these types of issues that come up in the workplace. Mm-hmm. So even though I myself didn't really experience them, I would get dozens oh, and dozens. Oh, you had all the tea. I had all the tea. And oh. let me tell you, there is no workplace that is immune from it. I don't care what you yep. say about how amazing your work culture is. Mm. There is always some crazy stuff going down. Um, but from a, like a racial perspective, like a lot of microaggressions, yeah. um, Asians being talked over, cut off, like talked down to, and then also being a female, like the mansplaining, the mm. kind of patronizing tone, yes. all of that got so many complaints about that, which they're so hard to investigate because it's, again, it's never something that's like overt, right? but it's always like the... I mean, you know, like when, when someone talks, oh, when you're in a meeting and someone like doesn't even let you finish talking Yes. or the way that they explain something to you, it's like, okay, I'm not five. You don't yeah. need to talk to me like that. Or it sounds condescending. There. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that I think still happens. Has that ever happened to you where you're talked over in like meetings oh. or you're just yes. like, it's like, Hello. <laughs> I'm I'm still going. Yes. Um. I mean, like my own managers in the past would talk mm-hmm. over me. And you know what the funny thing is? Mm-hmm. Is that in my annual reviews, my feedback from my managers would be, you need to speak up more. Oh, gosh. <laughs> the, the irony of it all. I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to speak up. You're not yeah. letting me. Yeah, it's ha- definitely happened to me before. And I, honestly, I it's a kind of a tricky, like... I don't, I don't know. How would you navigate? Let's say you're in a group Zoom meeting mm. and you're talking and someone just like cuts you off or just immediately talks over you. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Um, how would you, how would you approach that? Yeah. In the past, I would just not say anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, but now I'm like, I just keep talking. I don't get progressively louder. Yeah, I don't stop. I'm just like a runaway train that (laughs) like keeps going until I have finished my thought or I will stop them and I'll be like, oh, let me just finish my thought really quick. And then (laughs) you talk, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I have become more vocal in that sense. Yes. Uh, But I only do it with people who have made it a habit of theirs to talk over me. Mm -hmm. I don't do it with everybody. If it's like something that they do once or twice in a meeting, yeah. like, that's fine. That's okay. Yeah. But if it's a if it's a habit of theirs, I'm like, nope. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna fix this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good for you. Yeah. What about what about you? Yeah, I kind of do what you said in the second the second part. I don't know if I have ever just run away train and just get real just get progressively louder. <laughs> but I will pause and say like, oh, hold on, I'm not I'm not done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'll and I'll like let them mute yourself please yep or I'll just or if it's like in person I'll I don't, I'm trying to think if I even like stuck up a finger and just be like hold oh. on <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not done yet and th- this crazy Get sassy thing with is, it I know because it's so it's so like disrespectful like in my mind I would never do that to someone unless well I mean I guess no, I wouldn't intentionally do that if someone's like in their mid thought. Mm-hmm. The only time I can think of is like if I'm with friends and I'm so excited about something and I can't like, <laughs> but that's a different situation. That's different. Yeah. Yeah. But what's crazy is I've also heard this from other, um, other Asian and especially females, I want to say, because also Asians tend to be 
uh, regarded as like, you know, we're the more quiet types, you know, we're like, we're not super chatty. So I feel like that gives people a right to talk over us. And I've Mm -hmm. heard this from a lot of like very intelligent, very like, like high leveled, um, people Mm -hmm. who say like in meetings, they still get talked over by like their clients and stuff. Right. Right. And it's like, hello, why are we not letting, why can't we just, yeah. Anyway, I can't believe that's still an issue, but it still comes up. I think it's also, um, so like, you know, definitely being Asian, we experience that. Yeah. I also think if you're an introvert, yeah, (laughs) you will also experience that as well. Um, because extroverted, behaviors tend to be favored in the workplace yeah and they're so like dominant yes yeah with their voices right (laughs) yeah yeah so those are kind of the things that I've seen I mean I'm sure I've experienced it too but as I get older and as I get more like along in my career whenever I go back to the workforce Mm -hmm. I'm just not gonna I'm not gonna tolerate that and you should not tolerate that either no one should tolerate that I don't have any more fucks to give when it comes to that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, um, ooh, should we, I mean, if you, ha- if you don't have any other thoughts, we can kind of jump into our stereotypes. Oh, we can. Um, yeah. yeah, this was really fun conversation. Just talking about work uh, yeah. in general. And um, yeah, I think, uh, I, I have a lot of hope. <laughs> I know, of, like seeing more Asian Americans and other minority groups, you know, um, rise up. Yeah, to, uh, more uh, positions of impact at their companies. And, yeah, you know, just being like good managers overall. I hope so. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see though. I'm, I'm. Whenever I go back to the workforce, I'm curious to see how it's changed or how it's not changed mm-hmm. and just like what what I'll see and experience. Yeah. 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 Okay. So switching over then to stereotypes. Mm-hmm. We're going to be going through <laughs> stereotypes that are attached to um, being Asian, Asian American, um, mm-hmm. and we'll just kind of chat about whether we agree or disagree with them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Ready? Yes. First one, Asian women can't drive. Oh, disagree. <laughs> <laughs> unless, unless you're at the parking lot for H Mart. Oh my gosh. That, that is a battlefield. <laughs> okay. Okay. I slightly agree, but <gasps> speaking for myself. Oh, okay. Okay. I cannot drive. I'm not a good driver. You do get stressed out. I get so stressed out. I'm just, when I'm stressed out, I'm just not following any, any rules. <laughs> and don't even, let's not even get started on my parking skills. <laughs> um, so I slightly agree, but only talking to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do agree with you though that H Mart or any Asian market, yeah, uh, parking lot is a little intense. I think it's because like a lot of like immigrants shop there, mm. and they're most likely from like an Asian country where it's like a lawless land in terms of like traffic, <laughs> traffic. infrastructure and That's rules. True. That's uh, so true. I would never drive in Taiwan. Game over. <laughs> it's too cha- It's too chaotic. Um. Yeah, I feel like I'm a pretty decent driver. I I do get a little bit of road rage. I won't mm. lie. But, you know that I've calmed down a little bit. <laughs> I have been in the car with Yedge, and I can say that she is a good driver. Oh, thank y'all. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, next one. Asians are good at math. Oh, um, you know, I'll have to disagree for myself. <laughs> okay, okay. Because that math is not my strong suit. I cried yeah. in fourth grade when I couldn't <sighs> understand um, fractions and division. <laughs> okay, fractions are very complex. Right? Yeah. Or are you just trying to make me feel better? <laughs> no, they are. They are. Um, what, do you, what do you think? I want to say I, I disagree for myself because mm-hmm. I'm also not very good at it. I can't do anything oh, past lies. What are no mean you tally up those points for nerds? Okay. You you tally it up with the quickness. <laughs> okay, that's a totally different story. <laughs> but I want to say in general, they are pretty good at math. Hmm. I think because 
especially from like Asian countries, people who were like brought up there, it's yeah. like, I mean, you needed to know your multiplications by the time you turned two. True. True. I had um, the multiplication table poster in uh-huh. my bathroom growing up as a kid. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's part of the artwork that we had at home. <laughs> so I want to say, because it's such a fundamental part of like the Asian upbringing, I want to say we're pretty good at it. Mm, maybe we're more naturally like inclined to understand it. Yeah. Compared to other. I think groups. so. Also like how, you know, we got to calculate our discounts. Yeah. yeah. We got to calculate <laughs> our tips. Math. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I want to say I kind of agree. All right. Okay. Next one. Asians are bad at sports. Oh, I, I agree for myself once again, but (laughs) disagree, I guess on the whole. Okay. I disagree. Uh Asians are really good at sports. Yeah. Like if you look at like the pro golfers, I don't know their name. 90% Asian. Yeah. 90% Asian. I feel like when it comes to precision sports. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or I guess oh, all sports yeah. are precision based, but like well, the ones that are like archery and yes. golf. Yes. Yeah. Like Asians are killing it. Yes, I agree. Um, I think we've just always had, I, I, I want to say more so Asian Americans, maybe because we were always so focused on our studies or yeah. playing an instrument. But I think we are good at sports and we had the opportunity to play it more. I, But for me, I did not get that. Um, that no, but you're really good at dancing, and that's a sport. Is that a sport? Okay. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and you're great at dancing. So there you well, go. I am way out of practice, but thank you. Uh, okay, so next one then. Asians are lawyers, engineers, or doctors? Mm, I'm gonna say I, I agree of the past generation. I don't think this is. I don't think this is. Um, the case anymore we're diversifying in terms of our career choices but before you were either you had to be one of those three I think we have diversified but I do think we tend to be drawn to like more stable career paths Mm. such as software engineering yeah (laughs) yeah um or UX design even like something uh or even just being like uh being a nurse oh yeah Yeah. there are a lot of Asians in, in nursing yes the Filipinos yeah, they're so great. <laughs> yeah, they're great. A lot of yep, software engineers. And then in college, like everyone was pre-med. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna say I kind of agree. Okay. But yeah. not so any not so much anymore. I think yeah, we're yeah. yeah. We're exploring our options now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next one. Asians are cheap slash frugal. Um I disagree for myself, but then I agree for most (laughs) (laughs) I'm all about the treat yourself culture the the little treat culture you know Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. always spend a little something for my dopamine hit yeah if you like talk to Stuart he's uh very much this is you know the stereotype of his like Chinese side coming out (laughs) yeah but how Um, were you raised though um Okay, so I was raised with the mentality. This is literally what my mom would tell me growing up. Mm-hmm. Like, be generous with your money. Mm-hmm. Uh, money will always be there. So you don't have to Dang. worry about it. <laughs> Dang, mama. Yeah. Where's the money? Where's the money? I tell know. me. It, it, did, uh, it did create some very bad habits. <laughs> she gave me a credit card when I was young and was like, spend it however you want. I'm like, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> and okay. I grew some pretty terrible shopping addictions because of it but I have fixed it for the most part um okay. but yeah what do you think um I think I slightly agree and I think it's uh, has a lot to do with upbringing mm-hmm. but I, it's in well I guess maybe more for like the Taiwanese Chinese people less so for the Koreans because your mom sounded very generous mm-hmm. and that's, I, I would say that's very atypical. Mm, yep. Cause my mom did not say money will always be there. <laughs> I think she said money is not there. So <laughs> you better save your money. <laughs> so I think it's, it's very dependent on your upbringing. 
I feel like is it totally is yeah and I want to say for the most part Asians have been taught to like save and like also you know love a good discount oh like you're making money oh yes yeah that's the that's it's like Asian math right there if you get something 50% off you actually made some money back and what's funny is that they'll apply that thinking to things that they don't even need oh yeah. Yeah. And like, it, no, oh, like I get five um, tote bags for the yeah. price of one. Yes. I'm going to need five. Deal. <laughs> yeah. And it's crazy because then I feel like also Asians are slight hoarders as well. They are. Yeah. I love right? my mother and my father-in-law to death, but oh yeah. my God. It's the hoarding. You're a hoarder. <laughs> no. And it's very common. It's like, it's like, can't let go. I can't yeah. let go. I, I need this plastic wrap in yeah. case I need yeah. to wrap something else. <laughs> Although look at me saving my boxes. I know. <laughs> um, okay. Next one. Asians like to gamble. Oh, I don't actually. Hmm. Okay. So I'm going to change it to Asians like to gamble slash bet. I, I'm not a big gambler, so I'm going to disagree. Mm. But then again, on the whole, I do kind of agree. Uh, oh, I 100% agree. Yeah. Like when it comes to, I mean, like my, when I grew up as a kid, like my, mm-hmm. I would always see my uncles at big family events playing um, Go Stop, which is a mm-hmm. clean card game. And they mm-hmm. would always be gambling with yeah. like dollar bills or just like, even just like, you know, spare change or whatever, but money was always involved. There was always yes. a bet involved. Yes. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Even now. Yeah. Um, even when we go golfing, mm-hmm. always a bet going somewhere. There's like a bet to a bet. There's a side bet. There's side bets. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? Yeah. And there's always like, um, I don't know. I don't know about like other cultures, but like for Koreans, we love like a mm-hmm. good punishment. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's like a bet, you know? So like if you lose a game of say nerds yeah. or whatever, go yeah. stop, the punishment usually involves some type of pain if you lose. Yeah. <laughs> I've lived through this. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, but is that yeah. a thing like in Taiwanese culture at all? I it's gotta be because I'm all up on I'm all up on the you're, on the you're all about it? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Uh, I think so. I think betting and gambling is big in Taiwan. Mm. Um, Makes it a little bit more fun, too. I think so. Yeah, like, okay, you're Mahjong. You got to bet something. And then at the casinos. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to say I agree. Okay, okay. Uh, Okay, next one. Two more. Second to last one. Asians are heavy drinkers. Oh, agree. Right. I agree. Yeah. It's Uh, part of the culture part of the culture and uh korea for example i swear majority of that country are alcoholics (laughs) i'm deeply concerned about the health of their livers over there yeah how do they how do they drink so much and not even like they're not like big burly men they're like tiny like how how no they really are like the irish people of asia when it comes to drinking because i'm like i where does it go? And it's just like a bottomless pit. They're drinking, you know, right after work until yeah. four or five in the morning. And then they go straight into the office again. How? Yeah. I don't know. That's crazy. Like for me, I'm, I like to drink, but I'm not good at it. Mm, you're what we call a lightweight. I am a lightweight, a featherweight, mm. if you will. The feather. That's what the sketchy is. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Last one. Asians are really into their name brands. Mm-hmm. Agree. I'm um, agree. Yeah. I Our- see the aunties carrying their baggies <laughs> all the time to okay. church. I've seen you with your Gucci belt, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did just get myself a Louis recently. I girl. saw that too. <laughs> I think it's just in our blood. I think it is too. But it's like we only have like one nice thing. Yeah. Or at least, or no, maybe is that not the case anymore? Maybe that's not the case anymore. Oh, I grew up like, I don't know if you did, but I grew up with a lot of like fake designer stuff. Oh. That my aunt would send us from Korea. Like fake Louis Vuitton bag. (laughs) Love it. No shame about it whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, some fakes are looking really real. Some of them look so good these days. Yeah. You wouldn't be able to tell the difference. I know. So why pay? Might as well just get the fake. But- 
Um, I, I feel like it's like Asians will look like they have bought their clothes from the fish market <laughs> and then, or okay, I'm speaking about like Taiwanese people. I don't know yeah. about other Asians, but like we will look like we just, yeah, we bought our clothes from like the morning market and then we had like one nice bag. Mm. <laughs> it's just, it's really weird. That's kind of like, so Koreans, I felt like this was really common growing up in a Korean church. Uh-huh all the adult Koreans, like, they would live in, like, an apartment, but then they have, like, a really nice car, like, a oh. Mercedes, you know? Oh. Like, I think the the way they want to be portrayed and perceived yeah. was more important to them. Oh, like, the image. The image, yeah. Maintaining I see. the image. And, like, I gotta say, like, it is a real thing, because when I was in Korea this past, like, year, when was it? October? Yeah. And I was, like, going around shopping around if I was wearing my um just my regular little Unico Uniqlo bag uh-huh. I didn't get like that great a treatment you know like at shops like it was just kind of like they just kind of left me alone uh-huh. as soon as I brought out my Bottega Veneta bag uh-huh. it was like a complete 180 with the way that the like the shop um treated uh, yeah the way they treated me <gasps> she got that Bottega money. I know. Oh, I could see that. I do okay. think like there is a reason why Asians are really into brand names. It's like it, it's because you really do get treated differently. You do get mm. special privileges in a way. But do you feel like that's only in Asia or here or just anywhere? Um, I would say specifically in Asia. Here, mm. I feel like people don't really care. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, I don't really feel like it matters here. What about in Taiwan? Um, I don't think Taiwanese people are super flashy. We like to, like I said, we look like we, I don't know, we look like we like bought our clothes at the fish market in the morning. <laughs> and then we like occasionally, we'll, maybe we'll have like one nice bag, but we'll like never use it. It stays oh. stored away in pristine yep. condition. Yep. Um, and then we definitely don't buy like really nice cars. We have like Camrys are like, or Hondas are like our, I mean, those are nice cars. They're nice and reliable, Dude, but it's not I like a Mercedes. Camrys are underrated. As oh, they're, car. yes. They're like so, they could last you like a million years. Yes. Um, I feel like we tend to gravitate towards those and my mom is like the unflashiest person ever (laughs) I don't think she owns one single designer thing Mm -hmm. so yeah I don't I don't yeah I I wouldn't I would I want to say on the whole though that I kind of feel like Asians are into name brands but Mm -hmm. I think it just depends like maybe it's purses maybe it's cars maybe it's like clothing I don't know shoes yeah or shoes yeah yeah man but anywho, on that, that note, okay, yeah, we went way over again. I think we should just try to put it out there that these may be hour-long episodes now. Yeah. <laughs> 30 minutes is like not people. doable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but on that note, we will wrap this one up. Next week, we're going to close out our Asian American series with something um, interesting and fun. So stay tuned. And I think that's it. Anything else yet? No, that's it. We'll see you all next week then. On Monday. Yay. Bye. Bye, guys.